0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is A to Z with Mark Zinno, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Good afternoon. Welcome to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, where today I tell you, I can't believe I'm still doing this. Welcome in. We are live here on this Wednesday. A lot to do on the show today is we got a playoff bound Braves baseball team and more of a gift for the University of Georgia. We'll explain that coming up on the show. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On ATL. Of course, I'm at Mark Zeno M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Make sure you check out all of the great shows here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Plus, we're on Roku TV. You got an Amazon Fire Stick. You can find Locked On ATL every day on Roku TV as well. Uh, don't forget to make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give that thumbs up and like all the content you see there. All right, let's start today. <laughs> I don't need you know, when putting the show together today, I didn't want to lead off with this. I I tried actively to find a way not to lead off with this, but I just couldn't do it. I I couldn't resist. Uh, And and we're back here again discussing Kyle Pitts and his target share. And and the reason we are is because and I say this plainly, folks, again. What have I told you repeatedly? It's like my job to read everything that people write about Atlanta sports teams. It's my job to listen to a variety of different sports talk media about this town, in this city, podcast, whatever it may be, to sort of digest and take the pulse of what the market is. And I can't help but, like, still, all day yesterday, hear complaining about Kyle Pitts' target share. Like, I I, I just – it's like one of those things where – You're not paying attention if you don't understand. If you're still whining about it, you're you're not paying attention because you don't understand what you're looking at. And like you're telling on yourself that you really don't understand what you're looking at when all you're sitting there is doing is complaining about Kyle Pitts' target share. The only thing I will allow, again, the only thing I will allow is saying he should be getting more definitive red zone targets. And it's one of those things where the conversation has to be had from Arthur Smith to Marcus Mariota saying, throw pits the ball, period. Don't come off your first read. Just throw the ball up there and let him go get it, right? Like, that's the one area I will actually concede where, okay, we need to make sure we're using him to our advantage. But everywhere else um, that people are complaining about and and talking about game situations and why he didn't get the ball, again, you're telling on yourself. You just don't know what you're looking at. And and the numbers keep popping up to justify – the lack of targets that Pitts is getting and how it's still having a net positive for the offense. And I want to go to a couple of different uh, couple of different things here because, again, I think this is really important to understand and to help you guys understand where we are. One, and this is from my good buddy Michael Rossi of ESPN and ESPN.com. Michael Rossi wrote his column yesterday that 13 of Atlanta's passing plays on Sunday had Pitts as the primary target. Anybody remember how many pass attempts that Marcus Mariota attempted on Sunday? 26. Half, say it again with me, half of the targets that Marcus Mariota were to to throw, the primary route was right to Kyle Pitts. Why did he only get four targets? You might have to ask Marcus Mariota that question. And stop bothering Kyle Pitts and Arthur Smith about it because – If there is truth to that, and I trust Mike Rothstein as much as I've trusted any reporter in this business, he is diligent, he is smart, he knows who to talk to, and his information is as good as gold as far as I'm concerned. That said, because I believe him, 50% of the targets are going there, you might want to ask somebody else other than Kyle Pitts and Arthur Smith why the target share is what it is. You might want to start asking the guy, I don't know who gets the snap from the quarterback and ask him, why are you not throwing the ball to Kyle Pitts? Maybe somebody else in the media. Nobody is out there in Seattle. I'm certainly not out there this week. They stayed out west. But nobody's going to go up to Marcus Mariota's locker and go, Marcus, source told me that 13 of the 26 pass attempts, Pitts was the primary target. Why didn't you get the ball to Pitts more? That's a question that needs to be asked, and it's fair to be asked. I can't help you guys. If I'm not there, I can't do it. And I'm physically not in Seattle to answer that. Ask that question. There's more. There is more. And and I'm going to explain to you not only why this is important, but the net positive it has on the offense in just a second. First, a word for my friends at betonline.net fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your sports betting needs, find your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games, find reviews and news of every league, NFL going on right now. Get all the NFL content you need as well as college football, NFL, I'm sorry, Major League Baseball rather, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. It's all right there. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, which is so much fun scores and podcasts they've got you covered with every bit of information you need head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today bet online where the game starts okay there's more mike rostein in his column also points out that the falcons are doing exactly what they did a season ago in moving pits all over the field in the first two games get this kids He's run 12 routes out of the tight end position, 11 out of the slot on the left, nine out of the wide out on the right, eight on the slot to the right, seven out of the wide out on the left, and four out of the tight end on the right. It's not like they're not trying to put him in mismatch situations, folks. They are. Guess what? The defense gets a say. There are very few players in this league where it doesn't matter what defense you put up there. They're going to have success. There's, there's like a handful, like three or four. Unfortunately, Kyle Pitts isn't in, in that group. It's not Kyle Pitts' fault. It's not Arthur Smith's fault. It just is what it is. So they're moving him all over, trying to find ways to take advantage of mismatches and catch the defense off guard. Now, what is that doing? Well, we've talked a little bit about this. Who's the benefactor of moving Kyle Pitts all over the place? Watching coverage being rolled to wherever he lines up. Watching him get bracketed wherever he lines up. Who's the benefactor of all that? You know, it's Drake. Drake London. And how do we know that for 100% sure? Well, the good folks... If you're into these folks at Pro Football Focus, sometimes I think their nerdery is a little bit off the charts, but full disclosure, uh, they do have some interesting things that I find quite useful, like this stat that I found yesterday and shared on my Twitter account. They're, they put together a chart of target share and average depth of target on first read throws. Okay? So, because Kyle Pitts is going to be double-covered, and the offense knows this. The target share, how many targets they're getting on first read throws, and average depth of target. Now, again, depth of target was a problem for the Falcons last year, particularly on play action. They weren't taking advantage of it by throwing the ball too short. Well, of the guys who have the longest depth downfield, you're talking about the George Pickens, Terry McLaurin's, Rashad Perryman's, Chris, Chris Olave's. you know, those speedsters who were designed to do one thing, right down the field. But if you look at where Drake London is, okay, his target share, way out there. You want to know who gets the most target share on first three throws? Cooper Cup, obviously by a mile. But in that next grouping, ready for the receivers who are all sitting there? Because I'll give you the names. CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, and Drake London. Isn't that good company to be in if you're a wide receiver? Because it seems like damn good company to be in, if you ask me. If Drake London is putting up any sort of statistical numbers that are Cooper Cup, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, if he's putting up any of those numbers that are similar to those guys, that's good company. That's why you drafted him this year to be in that company. Full disclosure again disagree with the draft pick philosophically disagree with it, but it's working and you have to acknowledge that it's working. And if Drake London is the benefactor of Kyle Pitts being double covered and bracketed and only getting four targets. And every time you call his number on a first primary route read and Mariota goes somewhere else. And that somewhere else happens to be Drake London. Guess what? It works net positive for the offense. I can't believe I still have to explain this because some of my colleagues stink at this. But that's neither here nor there. But that's what's going on in the offense, folks. Stop whining about the target share and start looking at how the offense is operating overall. The targets are going to be there. The numbers are going to be there. You can't shut them out for all 16 games, 17 games. It's going to work itself out. And it likely will work itself out in Seattle this weekend. All right, coming up next, Braves are headed to the postseason. And, uh, yeah, I found another comparison for Spencer Strider. But he's got a cohort this time. I'll explain next right here on ABC on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to A to Z here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you check out all the shows here. This is A to Z. Of course, Hitting Hard with John Chukry, ATL Day Ones, Taditra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, our Braves postcast after every Braves game, as well. Locked On Falcons, Locked On Hawks, and it's all on Roku TV right now. If you got a fire stick, you can check out Locked On Sports Atlanta on Roku TV, so make sure you follow us there. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, give the thumbs up, and a like to all the content. We certainly appreciate it. All the love and support. Uh, Coming up here next segment, we will get into why uh, there is another gift for the Georgia Bulldogs. I'll explain that coming up here in just a few. But I wanted to turn our attention back to the Atlanta Braves here. Um, And we get some news. Uh, Well, first of all, last night they beat the Washington Nationals, clinched a playoff spot, obviously. Um, They are headed to the postseason. It's just a question in what capacity. Will that be as the NL East Division champs? They've won four straight division titles. Um, or will they go as a wild card trailing the Mets? The Mets won last night, stay a game out in front. Remember, they're tied in the loss column. So that is a plus for the Braves. Uh, we also get the news yesterday that Spencer Strider has a left oblique soreness. Uh, and Brian Snitker, you know, said it was minor, not enough to put him on the I.L., but they see Strider as too vital uh, for the Braves to risk him having anything that could linger into the postseason Uh, or the series against the Mets coming up starting Friday, September 30th, Um, and that could obviously determine who the NL East champion is. So, that said, um, both of these teams have lined up their starters for that series. or At least the Braves are now tinkering to do so. Bryce Elder is going to start today. Uh, for the Braves in a afternoon matinee game as they finish out this game against Washington uh, or the series against Washington before they head to Philly. Um, and that would that's skipping Strider's spot in the rotation, I guess, or bumping him a little bit. But regardless, you know the way it sets up right now, if Strider makes his next start, which is scheduled to be monday, september twenty sixth, in the first game at Nats Park against the Nationals. Um, that means he would start the last game, the Sunday night game against the Mets at Truist Park. Right now, the starters for that series slated are Wright, Morton, and what would be Strider. Uh, You just don't have the ability really to put Freed, Wright, and Strider together without somebody missing six or seven days of pitching. So uh, it's tough for the the Braves to do it. Not impossible, but tough. Um, And then you got to remember, you know, hypothetically speaking, if you have Wright, Morton, and Strider going, um, that would allow you to have Freed pitch the first game of the Marlins series, meaning he would be ready for the first game of the playoffs, which is what you want, right? Uh, I think that's what you're what you're looking for. As would Strider be ready for the one-two punch, and. You know, I saw some consternation, <laughs> uh, again, as usual, with uh, who's going to be the starting rotation for the Braves in the postseason. And I'm going to say it again because it bears repeating. Folks, this is not difficult. It is Max Freed, Spencer Strider, 1-2. That's it. And the comparison is very simply this. This is Randy Johnson and Curt Schilling in Arizona. It doesn't matter who the third and fourth starters are. When that is your one-two punch, it does not matter. It is the same thing for the Mets, okay, who have DeGrom and Scherzer. It really doesn't matter. And oh, by the way, the Mets rotation sets up with their three best starters going against the Braves. Chris Bassett, Jacob DeGrom, and Max Scherzer would all be going uh, in Truist Park. So it works out that way for the Mets, and and, uh, they should have either DeGrom or Scherzer at the top of their uh, first game of the playoffs whenever it happens. So. But that's the simple, the very simple comparison. This is Johnson and Schilling like it was in Arizona. It's Freed and Strider. Everybody else doesn't matter. If you win those games, great. If you don't worry about it because you've got Freed and Strider going and you're good. And that's how you're going to get to the postseason. If those two guys have an opportunity to pitch twice in a series, in a seven-game series, they're going to win. That's it. It's what it what it boils down to. If one of them has a chance to pitch twice in a five game series, they're gonna win. That's how confident I am. Unless the bats go completely silent. They'll give up a run, two runs. It's yeah, but you, they're not gonna get rocked for five or six. Morton would. easy definitely would. And Wright's kind of I don't know. I don't he's not hit and miss. He's been effective all year long. I just don't think he's as dominant as Frieder Strider. So that for me is is you know, closes the closes the 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 argument right there on on who's one and who's two. There is one more thing that I've come to the revelation with the Braves about, um, and I probably have to say I was wrong. I'll tell you what that is in a second. First, of all, to my friends at Coffee AM, the best small batch coffee roaster in America, and it's right here in Georgia. Why why are they the best? Coffees are so fresh. They roast them and ship them on the same day or very close to it, and they have coffees from all over the world, organic, trade, fair trade, direct trade. It is. Some of the best roasted coffee you'll ever see. And it's from all over the world. Sumatra, Kenya, Tanzania, Costa Rica, Colombia. You pick, Spin a globe, hit your finger, stop it on somewhere. And if they make coffee, Coffee AM's got it. Go to coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Check out the full menu of coffees, teas, and gift sets at your leisure. Pick anything you like. Make sure you use that coupon code locked on at checkout, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Coffee's, teas, gift sets, and a whole lot more. Again, coffeeam.com backslash locked on, the place to go. Coffee AM, the best small, small batch coffee roaster in America. Um, I, in months past, have sort of advocated for the Braves being willing to let Dansby Swanson walk. I was actually at the Braves game last night for a, a short moment. It was uh my kid's school had, you know, school night at Truist Park. And um, simply put, you know, there are so many intangibles that Dansby does. That are hard to account for. And when you just watch him play, you can tell where they are. I mean, outside of just objectively being the third or fourth, let's just, call, let's just even be, be conservative. The fifth best shortstop in Major League Baseball offensively, guys, is 30 teams. If he's in the top five, you do the math. There aren't many like him. And while, you know, there is a sense of, at least always with me, sort of like fiscal responsibility in how you manage your players and what you do with them and, and the contracts you hand out and everything else. Um, and I'm not going to get caught up in Vaughn Grissom being his replacement and that automatically working. I think that's a silly argument at this point in time. Yes, it's silly. The guy's played about 35 major league games. So Pump the damn brakes. That's about all I can tell you. Uh, I don't think Dansby is a guy that you can – let go uh it's hard to replace them right unless there is a a like there was a Matt Olson sitting out there with Freddie Freeman if Matt Olson had not been out there um and available and I'm sure Alex did his his homework before hey if we lose Freddie and he goes somewhere else what are our options and I'm sure he made a couple of phone calls I know he's made a couple of phone calls out there as well but it's like mm. What else are we going to give away here? How much of the farm system are we going to deplete to get somebody else? And I don't think that's the road they want to go down. Plus, shortstops are infinitely cheaper than first basemen are. Even though Dansby is one of five who can do what he does offensively. Still, overall, you know, there's a there's a sense of a a you know $35, $40 million contract for a first baseman you're probably in the 25, 27 range for a high-level shortstop. So I think things are a little bit different. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm at the point right now where I've kind of come around on the simple idea that I don't know if you can let Dansby walk. I, I think you got to do everything you need to do to resign him, uh, especially being a core piece of already a World Series team, What it will be another one. Um, I, I think you got to hang on to Dansby. Dansby's, like, important. All right, coming up next, we'll hand out Shovel of Wisdom as well, Uh, a gift for the Georgia Bulldogs, like as if they need it anymore. We'll explain that next right here on ADZ on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. search Locked On Sports Atlanta. Welcome back to to ADZ here on Locked On Sports Atlanta, free on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. search Locked On Sports Atlanta on Roku TV as well. Your Amazon Fire Stick, check out Locked On ATL every single day on Twitter at Locked On ATL. I'm at Mark Zeno. M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O, now time for a shovel of wisdom. Brace yourselves, because it's time for the shovel of wisdom.
1: You know how we do it every day, we've got to set somebody straight, saying you're doing something stupid, uh, and I have a large I need to hit my shovel right upside the head. You can do so on my Twitter account. I just used the hashtag shovel of wisdom. Today my shovel goes to anyone who thinks Shoy or Tani is the oh, Nope. Nope. What happened? Oh, dang. My, my shovel doesn't work. It's broken. Oh, it's terrible. I don't know what happened. Let's see if I can get it to one more. I'll recall it up. So oh, anyway, everybody who uh, is in this whole world of uh, there it is. <laughs> anyway, Aaron Judge last night in his 60th home run, uh, and I I've been fortunate enough to see a lot of cool things happen in my sports life. Right, I feel like you know the careers of Tom Brady and LeBron James and. Eric Jeter, like, you know, these are all things that, are, you know, you're just fortunate enough, and I think if you're smart, you realize you go, hey, you know, I'm lucky to have seen these things while they are going on. Um, but what is is frustrating for me because, you know, and this goes beyond Guys, I'm objective enough. This goes beyond me being a Yankee fan, right? Like, this is the purest thing we've seen in a Major League Baseball record in our lifetime. It's that simple. I remember the days of Ken Griffey Jr. chasing Roger Maris. I'm, I'm old enough, young enough, one or the other, um, to remember those days and how awesome it was, and he never caught him. We're watching something we know is clean, we know is pure, we know isn't tainted, and it's something that we've been waiting to see broken for real for our entire lifetime. I'm not sitting here recognizing that if, if Judge gets the 62, that he is the, the single-season on one. He's not. Eric is. That's fine. Like I don't, I don't need to have that conversation. But this is flat-out one of the most amazing things we've ever seen. I don't give a rip that Shoei Ohtani pitches. Aaron Judge is leading in the triple crown with, like, 12 days left in the season. He has the best batting average, the best, obviously the most home runs and the most RBIs in the American League. What – I don't care if Shohei Otani threw two no hitters this year. You're watching a guy have a triple crown season and break the home run record, and you think you want to give the MVP to somebody else? Oh dear Lord! Metrics up here, you know what? Spare me, you folks. Like you're just hating because he's in a Yankee uniform. Give me a break. I can't even. I can't even stomach the idea. If it, if Major League Baseball voters give Shohei Otani the MVP this year. I literally may never read another baseball article the rest of my life. Honestly, because it, 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 that's just ridiculous. Oh, but if Aaron Judge was on on the team with Otani, he'd be the second best player. I don't give a rip. The MVP isn't about who the best player on the team is. Ronald Acuna is the best player on the Braves. He's not the team MVP this year, period. He's not. Like, I don't know what that means. He's not the best player on the team. Aaron Judge is the best war. He has the best. He's number one in every offensive statistical category, not just in the American League, in all of Major League Baseball. I was the guy, not the MVP. The idea that anybody's even debating this game is ludicrous and it's stupid. Sit back, relax, enjoy the pursuit, watch him break Roger Maris' record, and then watch him get the MVP and don't be mad about it. That's a When you see greatness, know it, recognizing it, understanding it, and moving on. You don't have to try to debate where it belongs. Just enjoy the greatness. Really simple. Get the you-know-what out of here with this uh, this Ohtani is the MVP. I don't care. I genuinely do not care genuinely don't care. It's not something that blinds my clock. Be a great pitcher. Be a great hitter. Guess what? Uh, he's very good at both this year. He's not great at either. And if he is, he'd be winning the Cy Young. Is he winning the Cy Young? I don't know. those five Berlanders are are doing CeCe, whatever. But regardless. I'm off my soapbox. Let's move on. To Georgia. We take on Kent State this weekend. They're going to kick their ass. That's the end of that. Need to get involved in any of that. Uh, Not a number that I want to play with Kent State as far as betting is concerned. But the Georgia twenty twenty three schedule came out uh, and it's been released next year. (sighs) I don't know that they can get it scheduled. That's much easier than what they got next year. Um, They open up against first four games at home, obviously. Open up against Tennessee Martin. They'll likely be. Another banner up there celebrating back to back national title. All state, South Carolina, Alabama, Birmingham. Now, they're going to go to Auburn on September 30th. And according to the AJC, it's the first time they've played before October 1st, played against Auburn since February 20th, 1892, which was the second game in Georgia football history. Teams typically wait until November, uh, late
0: November until the 2020 season. So, whatever. But the problem here is that Auburn's not going to get good in a year, so it's not really going to be a challenge. Um, and, and, look, maybe Stetson Bennett won't be back for like a ninth season at Georgia, so maybe UGA won't be as efficient at quarterback, but we'll see. They get Kentucky at Sanford Stadium the following week. Uh, they have to travel to Vanderbilt, get the bye, and then the cocktail party on October 28th. They come home from Missouri in Old Miss the first two weeks in November. Then they got to go at Tennessee on November 18th. That may be the tough. That will be the toughest game on the schedule next year, as we sit here right now and look at it. And of course, they travel to Bobby Dodd to go take on Georgia Tech, who's the barely a Power Five team at this point in time. So uh, it's really another favorable schedule in another year. I mean, it's this is one of the things that I guess uh, conference realignment will will sort to change will sort of change a little bit when they get more teams, and you get away from that, you know eight conference games and four non-conference games schedule uh, that you'll, you'll, if you move to the nine
1: conference games or 10 conference games, whatever it is, and uh, you get uh, some more of those SEC West opponents on your schedule. It just so happens, again, they, they haven't seen Ole Miss since 2012, uh, 2016 rather, Kirby Smart's first year, Ole Miss opened. Uh And it's the last time that Ole Miss has been to Stanford is 2012, obviously. You know? Uh, but still, I, I, I don't know that Georgia is going, other than Alabama, Arkansas right now, uh, maybe LSU, if I give LSU another year, if Georgia faces them in 2024, that's going to be a tough test. But, you know, the SEC West is sort of not great right now. Uh, after Bama, you really in the market, so you really struggle to figure out who's next. A&M is falling off. Obviously, they're having, you know, LSU is in state transition, so it was Auburn. Old Miss is obviously there. But, again, I don't know if uh, they are as formidable as they were last year. So, looks like three in a row for Georgia. That's what it smells like from here. Three national titles in a row. Back back, back to All right, that'll do it for us here on ABC. To back tomorrow for a Thursday edition of the show. Give me a follow-up through our platforms. At Locked On ATL, you guys, have a wonderful Wednesday afternoon. See you tomorrow. I'll to go. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.